In the first reading, we hear how Moses seals the covenant with the blood of sacrifice upon the people. The first reading for Monday Thursday is from Exodus, the 24th chapter. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars, according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. This is the word of the Lord. In the gospel reading for this morning, Thursday, we hear the familiar words of institution that Jesus spoke as he blessed the Passover meal that he ate with the disciples. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 22nd chapter. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me at the table. For the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. This is the gospel of the Lord. So tonight we remember that night when Jesus met with his disciples. Thirteen men in a second-story room going to celebrate the Passover. The Passover was a celebration. It was a celebration of salvation that happened some 1,400 years before when Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt and brought them to the Promised Land. The Jews remembered that every year. And it was a religious celebration, and it included a meal. It was kind of like Thanksgiving. But when we celebrate Thanksgiving, we sit down at the table and we say, pass the potatoes. When they celebrated Passover, 
there was a long time spent telling a story. And then there was the meal. And then there was some more time after the meal remembering the story. And they all gathered together to do that. It was a big deal. I read somewhere, and I don't believe this, that each year 250,000 lambs were killed to feed the Passover crowd. I just, I just don't believe the number is right. But they said if there's 3 million people in Jerusalem and they all, they're 10 people to a lamb, it's incredible. And so there they gathered. And, and Jesus served as the host. He was in charge. And he started, he'd done this many times before, this whole Passover ritual. And he got to a part early in the, in, in the Passover where he was supposed to bless the bread. And instead of saying the usual thing, this is the, this is the bread of poverty, this is the pre- bread of oppression that our fathers ate in Egypt. Instead of saying that, he said... This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I can imagine that the disciples looked at each other and said, what's going on? That's not in the paper. But then it went on. It went on a while, and then they ate. And the meal might have taken an hour. And then after the meal, he was supposed to bless a cup, Blessed are you, Father, who brings forth fruit from the earth. Instead of saying that, he said, he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he went on. And I think that the disciples said, You know, what in the world's what in the world's going on? We don't we don't understand it. Jesus took the Passover, and he transformed it. And there's two things about that. The first is that the bread and the wine were separated by as much as an hour. Because the bread part, this is my body, was start early, and the wine part, this is my blood, came late. That's why when we say, again after supper, he took the cup. Because it was after supper. The second thing is this, that there were 11 guys there. Jesus went back to heaven and Judas was dead. But those 11 people remembered what went on. All the memories of the Lord's Supper came from one of those 11, from all of those 11 members. And when the church began to grow, wherever they planted a church, they introduced this meal. Because Jesus said, do it. And they took that seriously. And they did it. And we take it seriously. And we do it. As the church introduced the Lord's Supper to the new churches, it began this way. On the night in which he was betrayed. That's in St. Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. That means that the people in the church knew the story of Jesus they knew that he had been betrayed. I think, I think that, that the passion story was the central part of the early message. And they told the story of Judas 
And they know what Judas has done. And so it started out on the night in which he was betrayed. This took place. And so Jesus started the Lord's Supper. The problem with the Lord's Supper is Jesus didn't give much of an explanation. He gave us the basic words of institution, and it was up to the church over the centuries to figure it out. And different churches have different explanations. The Roman Catholics have one, the Lutherans have one. There are all kinds of explanations for the Lord's Supper. And sometimes, uh, instead of being a meal that, that joins people together, it's a meal from which some people are excluded. I've been asked more than once, can a, can a Protestant go to Mass in the Catholic Church? You know? Can a Roman Catholic come here and commune? Well, what do you think? This is not a criticism, but an observation that the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod restricts people who can come. In many Missouri Synod churches, if you're not a member, you can't come. That's the way it is. And, and what we read in, in our service, everybody's invited if you were baptized in the name of the Trinity and believe in, in Christ's presence in, with, and under the bread and wine. That, we, we buy all that stuff from the Missouri Synod. And that's a kind of a halfway trying to sort out people who can and can't come. It's self-policing. But it's saying that some people, maybe you shouldn't come. When we served international churches, in Salzburg, in Bali, uh, in, in, in Norway, in, in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, we had all kinds of people come. We didn't take tickets at the door. We didn't ask what denomination you are. We celebrated the Lord's Supper, and we said, you all come. I remember, especially in Salzburg, we met in a little room, something like that. And it was jam-packed. People were sitting in the window wells. And when we celebrated the Lord's Supper, we stood, made a big circle on the outside of the, ro- of the room. And we held hands as I and the assistant came with the bread and wine. And they sang songs as they came around. And there was this wonderful sense of oneness. And that's what the Lord's Supper means. I mean, we eat with people we know and love, don't we? You don't invite your enemies to dinner, you invite your friends. And the Lord's Supper should never be something that, that divides us. It should always be something that unites us. And so, probably not every theologian in the church would agree with me, and I don't know where Pastor Carpenter stands on this either, and I'm not going to ask him tonight. (laughs) But my own feeling is this. You all come. The table is ready. Tonight I want to focus on, on one part of the Lord's Supper, and that is the New Covenant. Every time I celebrate the Lord's Supper... I elevate the chalice and remember the words of Jesus. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And I wonder, 
What does that mean to you? Is it just words? A, a new covenant in the blood of Jesus? A covenant in the Bible is an agreement between two groups, usually one person who is superior and one person who is inferior. A conquering king makes a covenant with the country that he has conquered, and they're bound together. A superior and an inferior. And so when God made a covenant with Israel, they didn't ask for it. God said, you're my people, and we're going to make a covenant. How odd of God to choose the Jews. But he did. He made a covenant with them, and you heard the reading tonight. Moses read the book of the law, and the people said, all that's written in that we're going to do, and there were sacrifices, and they took the blood, and Moses took half the blood, and he splashed it on the altar, and he took the other half of the blood, and he spritzed it on the people. Because covenants were made in blood. I never did it, but, at, but sometimes young boys will do this. They'll cut their fingers. Right? They'll cut their fingers, and then they'll touch the blood of the two fingers. And that's, that's their blood brothers. Right? And there's nothing stronger than blood brothers, is there? I mean, if you do that, that's for a lifetime. And that was the nature of the covenant between God and the Jews. It was, a, it was the blood covenant. But over the years, you know, and if you've been to the Bible study class that, that is being led by, by the Ringenbergs, the, the Jews, they broke the covenant again and again and again. And God got fed up. And so through the prophet Jeremiah, there were these words. The days are surely coming, sons of the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. A new covenant. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. A covenant they broke. Though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after these days, says the Lord. This is the covenant. I'll put my law within them. And I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another to say, Know the Lord, know the Lord. For they all shall, they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. Says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sins no more. And I believe... I believe as Jesus sat around that table with his 12 disciples, he was saying, the new covenant starts tonight. The new covenant that God promised through Jeremiah starts tonight. And it will be sealed by my blood, which will soon be poured out on Calvary's cross. That is the blood of the covenant, the new covenant that God makes with his people. And so we are new covenant people. Now you notice at the end of, uh, in the service it says, for whenever we eat this bread and drink this wine, 
We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. How many of you remember that? You, you hear it every week, right? As often as we eat this bread and drink this wine, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And I've thought about that a lot. What does it mean? I think it means this. When we share in the, in the bread and wine, it reminds us that Christ died for our sins. St. Paul says Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures. In 1 Corinthians 1, St. Paul says, We preach Christ crucified. Why would they preach that? Because the death of Christ brought a new age, a new covenant, and a new relationship with God. And every time they eat the bread and drink the wine, we remember the death of Christ because we remember that his death obtained our salvation. The new, we're, we're new covenant people. The church is the new covenant people. Under the first com- covenant, it was just the Jews. Under the new covenant, it's everybody. Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Bring them into the covenant. And that's us. We are the new covenant people. We are the church. And the bread and wine is our food indeed. Amen.